Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. Sitting next to me is not Anilo Piro for once. Introduce yourself. This is Devlier Johnson, um, Duvalier Johnson um, at, on Twitter. Yeah, you get it right. Duvalier, all right? Duvalier you get it right. Johnson. It's superstar in here, so we got to make sure it's correct when we, go, when we go about this. But the Nuggets tonight, man. The Nuggets come out and just take it to the Utah Jazz. This is now their third straight win. They have gotten two divisional wins, two road wins, and they just continue to roll through whoever they have. They are now holding the last three teams to an average of 83 points a night. Do you have any idea this defense was even capable of this? No, this is just not the Denver Nuggets team that we've probably ever seen. You know, like Mm -hmm. not in my lifetime, at least. Um, This is not a team that I've seen since I've been covering the team. You're just so used to having a Denver Nuggets team that's up and down, fast-paced, scoring as much as they can in the other team uh, scoring. So whoever just um, outscores the team, that's who's going to win. So 116, 110 games and yeah. things like that. But this all of a sudden, I mean, we're looking at 107.83, and it wasn't like – I mean, don't get me wrong. Utah was missing shots, but Denver had to buckle down in the half court and like actually play fundamental defense, rotate efficiently, help on the weak side, and they did everything correct. Like I was absolutely stunned watching this game, and I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, if you look at the numbers, 32.1% the Utah Jazz shoot tonight, only 28.6 from three. They get out-rebounded. I mean, the Nuggets had 52 rebounds tonight. It was just from top to bottom. They were great defensively. The the only kind of fall off was when they started giving up offensive rebounds to Derek Favors towards the end of the game. But outside of that, I mean, they were stomping the life out of this team, right? Yeah, and you just can't be upset at those type of things, especially uh, with the, the offensive rebounding. Uh, you play defense good for the entire game, and then there is this spurt that Derek Favors, who is really aggressive on the boards, goes out and starts uh, rebounding. You have Donovan Mitchell uh, going in, and he's finally playing aggressive, and he gets a few dunks and things of that nature. But, you know, Utah Jazz is one of those slow-paced type teams um, that don't get up and score a lot, and they typically do against the Nuggets. For for the Nuggets to come out and play defense and hold a team that doesn't get out and score as much to the way that they're supposed to play, that is the type of game that you need to see from the Nuggets. Absolutely. I mean, this is solidifying all of the great hopes we had for this team from the preseason. Like, we were hoping this could be a top 15-esque defense and that this offense could come in and just do what they do, and that's exactly what's happened. But going back to Donovan Mitchell, it was interesting to me because he was really good tonight even though he did not shoot well. They did a good job of containing him, but even though he wasn't scoring, he had six assists, three rebounds, a steal. He only had two turnovers. He was a Aggressive had a huge dunk. Like those bunnies came out. Yeah, that like, dunk. That whew. dunk. 
I don't even know what to say about that dunk. That dunk was filthy, but even funnier, Trey Lyles playing against his former team the second that Donovan Mitchell goes against that dunk. The dude that Trey Lyles essentially was traded for, he comes back on the other end and throws down a dunk of his own on the next possession. That really kind of summed this game up for me. Like, Donovan Mitchell did something, but Trey Lyles one-ups him immediately, and that's how the Nuggets kind of played this team all night. Yeah, and Trey Lyles the entire time, he just, it was it was his game. He yeah. owned this game from start to finish. After the first basket, you know, he kind of smiled and got it going. He started scoring a little bit more. And throughout the whole night, he was he was very, very aggressive. Oh, yeah. You know, for you to say that he go, Donovan Mitchell goes down and he gets a dunk over um, Will Barton. And then Trey Lyles comes down and dunks it. And he just turns around and he goes like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that's what this I is, do. This is the time that <laughs> I need to, you know, like showcase that it wasn't a terrible trade. You know, at the you know at the time it looked like, oh, man, this is such a bad trade. But, yeah. You know, Donovan Mitchell, he downplayed the whole situation. And, and I mean, you could say it was a downgrade, uh, downplay of the situation, but, you know, he's a rookie coming into yeah. the league. He brought it up and he talked about it. But Trey Laos, that's that's a revenge game. That's like a smack in the face type game that I'm going to come out and I'm going to give my all. And we've seen it throughout the entire night. There, yeah. was, there was war wounds when he had the, the headbutt. Um, at the end of the game, <laughs> yeah. he still stayed in the game. So that shows that yeah. how, how interested in the game he truly was. And he came out and he really had a good game. He stuck it to his old team. Absolutely. And like Donovan Mitchell's little Gary Harris in him. Like he kind of has that like, I don't care. I'm just here to play Paul. Like, I don't care about yeah, your like Trey Lyles conversation. But when Trey Lyles, Harrison Wind asked Trey Lyles, like obviously you weren't guarding Donovan Mitchell, but obviously you guys played him well. And you could kind of tell it was a bait because all of a sudden that smile came across Trey Lyles' face the second that someone brought up Donovan Mitchell. It was like he was waiting for someone to ask yeah, about him. Yeah, he knew him. it was coming. Oh, it was great, too, because he was just wanting that moment. <laughs> like, he was like, listen, man, I need to get mine, because it's been a long, strenuous process. And looking at his line, I mean, you go 7-11 from the field, and you get 16 points. That looks great. That is not the most impressive part of that line to me. He had eight rebounds tonight. Like, Trey Lyles don't get eight rebounds. That has been one of the biggest knocks on him from the start is that the dude just doesn't get into the paint and really start gobbling up boards. But he did tonight. Yeah, and if you take a look at it, he was going out of his way. He was hunting for those rebounds. Oh, yeah, he was. You know, he's, he's knocking people over. He's aggressive. He dove on a few that, you know, got out of bounds. But, you know, though, this was a game that he played to his full potential. And if we yeah. can see that type of game from um, Trey Lyles throughout the entirety of the season— you know that we're not going to be able to talk about that trade anymore. Yeah. That's not something that you're going to do. You just Because at the moment, if you look at it right now, there's so many different pieces that Trey Lyles is a real good aspect, you know, or, you know, player for the Nuggets. Yes, absolutely. So it would be kind of hard to put Mitchell in that same situation with the Nuggets right now. So it ended up working out, and tonight was one of those things that we got to see that. It was incredible to watch Trey Lyles single-handedly be like, nah, I'm going to show you that this that this trade was not that bad. Like, I, who would have thought that? Like, let's go back to draft night when you and I were both sitting in the mm-hmm. in the media room watching draft night. Who would have thought that, you know, a few months later, we're talking that Trey Lyles is single-handedly deciding the fate of that entire trade right now? Nobody, and if they said it, then they're, they're lying, just making man. it up. They're just <laughs> yeah. making things up, you know? It makes them feel better about themselves. I think what was also really impressive about Trey Lyles is that he played some small ball five tonight and this is something I have been pleading and begging and just wanting to see more of and when he did it he didn't get worked over like this was not a situation where you look at him and be like that dude just can't hang with bigger dudes down low that's when you see those rebounds start getting gobbled up and you see him space the floor and open up that lane because 
like Tory Craig was the power forward in that lineup with Will Barton at the three, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. That is an ultra small lineup, and they just ran the life out of the Jazz with it. I want to see so much more of that. I loved that look of seeing Trey Lyles play that small ball five and stretch the floor, and he liked it too for what he said. Yeah, just to take a look at Malone as of late, you know, that's one of the big changes uh, is his rotations and how many players he's actually using, how many how much minutes every player is getting. And if you look at it, he really just went to the bench for three players. Yeah. Barton had 36 minutes. Torrey Craig had 21 minutes. And this is a two-way player. Yeah, that he's we been have to good, remember. man. And then Trey Lyles, who had 27 minutes. And all of those players were effective. You know, they didn't actually score a lot of points or do anything like that, but they affected the game in so many different ways. And that's something that we really should be talking about with the Nuggets is how that small rotation and how they've – changed out from a few players yeah. that were playing lots of minutes are not playing at all anymore, even healthy scratches, and how you know how successful the team has been since then. Yeah, and they've been doing that a lot. Seven, eight-man rotations throughout, and this is the crazy thing. Trey Lyles played 28 minutes, plus 15. Uh, Torrey Craig, 21 minutes, plus 11. Will Barton, 36 minutes, plus 17. You are getting actual help from your bench unit now. And let's go back to what you just said about guys getting healthy scratches. Let's just name them. Emmanuel Moody and Kenneth Reed are out of this rotation. They're out of Like, flat out, full stop. Same with the Juancho Hernan Gomez. Yeah. So, all three of those people, they're gone. Yeah, for they're, right now. They're not there for now. Yeah, and that could change. But at the same time, like it has helped this team, and you can't, you can't. This isn't a shot at Moutier or Farid. It is a little bit, but like they got things that they got to figure out. They need to find ways to impact this game and help this team win games, not be a negative, because they have been a largely negative factor on these teams. And you said that they have things that they need to figure out, and in the in the time, Malone is figuring out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the best move to actually go to that. Yeah, you know, this is one of their best starts since what 2010. I think 2011. Yeah, and. It could be attributed to Malone going through different changes. You know, you and Anillo talked about the changes that Malone has been going to and how he could be attributed to, you know, one of the most improved players on the team, even though he's not a player. Yeah. But that goes into it, his rotations, the way that he's uh, rotating these guys and playing them meaningful minutes at certain times, you know, uh, late-game substitutions, um, different units trying to get different things out of it. There was a time today that they had a unit – of just straight defensive yeah, players in. Yeah. And it was at a critical time that the, t- the team was coming back. They was like, nope, we're just going to put Jokic on the bench. We're just going to figure it out from here. Yeah. And those are the type of things that we're seeing with Malone this year. So I think that is something to, to talk about. And it's like people don't realize when you look at a box score and you're like, oh, he played an eight-man rotation. That's better. It wasn't just that. He went from Jokic and Plumlee together to Jokic and Lyles together to Lyles alone as a small ball five, went back to Jokic and Lyles, and then went back to Mason Plumlee and Jokic. Like the way that he is configuring and the nuances of everything that he is doing is allowing the versatility of this team to show and shine and be actually impactful like I have been blown away at how good of a job Michael Malone has done considering all of the chaos that they have dealt with I mean you lose Nikola Jokic for seven games you lose Paul Millsap for two months you have Gary Harris out of the lineup you have Will Barton out of the lineup you have Wilson Chandler out of the lineup you have Mason Plumlee hurting like this is crazy and he has managed to get these guys in a position where they have the best start since 2010-11 that's incredible to me and now we're looking at a situation where let's just hype hypothetically say they beat Minnesota tomorrow night, they can finish the calendar year with 21 wins. They're going to be 21 and 15 potentially once the calendar year flips and they continue doing this. It's incredible. And that's just with having Millsap still getting back yeah. healthy. They're not even at full strength. Not even that's close. one thing to take a look at. They're not at full strength. They're going to have to change the starting lineup when he finally gets acclimated and back into the starting lineup. So now you have a nine-man rotation. And you finally figured things out because, you know, as soon as Millsap comes back, 
it makes the defense a little bit better. If you could have another player to go to on offense. You know, there is going to be that growing pains and things like that, but they are going to get better, and that's the thing to take a look at. They could end the calendar year with yeah. 20 wins, and they have their second-best player still on the bench. You know, he's not yeah. even playing right now. Their best defender is on the bench, and now you could do a different unit of straight defense. You don't have to just take yeah. out Jokic and then you have Millsap because they wanted to offset those guys anyway. So now you have a new dynamic that they're going to be able to work through. So this is going to be one of those those good years for the Nuggets, you know, just because they are going to get better and they are getting better. And we're seeing changes from so many different players, you know, and even on the bench unit, you know, we get to see Barton taking on a different role. We get to see Torrey Craig, who we knew nothing about, you know, a year ago. Uh, you have Trey Lyles coming in and, and those are the type of things to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you really couldn't hit it more on the head. And going back to what you said about how they wanted Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic to kind of be staggered, what we've been able to see from Mason Plumley playing alongside Nikola Jokic makes me feel so much better about how he'll play alongside Paul Millsap as well. You can actually use Mason Plumley even when Paul Millsap gets back. He won't be starting. That's just, that's a full stop fact. But he will be able to fit with both of these individuals. And the fact that Mason Plumley has been starting with Nikola Jokic, you are playing through two skilled big men that's going to be exactly how it is when you get well not exactly but very close to what you're going to get when Paul Millsap returns to the starting lineup with Nikola Jokic so this team is setting themselves up to continually get better and better and better but let's kind of hit the elephant in the room Nikola Jokic is flagrant two tonight what the hell was that yeah that came out of nowhere yeah there was one of those uh those moments that you know everyone was looking around because you thought it kind of happened everyone thought it happened when Ingles because of when you were just looking at it, Ingles and him was the one that was in each other's face, and it was Jarepko on the ground, yep. and Jokic is just pleading, like, what's going on, what's going on? <laughs> and it was just one of those things, like, what? Everybody's, yeah. what? And then for them to actually go and review it, and then it comes black, back as a flagrant oh, so two. So bad. That is, that's just a bad call. It's, it's a atrocious bad call. officiating, flat out. Because this is the thing. A flagrant two foul is intent. That is malicious intent. When you're trying to swim move somebody, and look, Jokic even said this, he was like, if I'm trying to hit somebody, it's not like that. Like, <laughs> flat out. If you're trying to swim move an individual, you are not looking to headhunt somebody. So that was just not even close to a flagrant two. Like, even by the letter of the law, that's not a flagrant two. And, Go ahead. and I'm actually interested to see what the refs are going to say because he didn't cause any type of you know, blood. He didn't give a concussion or hit the person in the head like in, with intent. It was just one of those plays that he tried to make a move. It didn't work. The guy fell. Yeah. I mean, you they call give it a him slice. A foul. They you call could, it a slice to, to be able to get your guy in better position by exactly. using a swim move to get in front and of you him. you could give him a foul for that. Yeah. Maybe even a flagrant one. Yeah. But and a flagrant elbow to the head. Sure. Like, that's cool. I totally feel that call. Yeah, so I crazy. just don't – it's going to be one of those things, and they've been doing this a lot with Jokic, actually, is mm -hmm. they go back and say, like, oh, man, we made a mistake. It's not a flagrant two. Do you think that Jokic kind of brings us a little bit upon himself because of the way he acts with officials and other players and how fiery he gets? Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, players talk about each other. I think the, the, the refs probably talk oh, about yeah. Jokic as well because he is one of those players that he goes, he goes and talks. He complains about every single play and every call that he makes. He's like, he has the Tim Duncan type of look like, what? <laughs> me? <laughs> me? If he starts, I didn't he do does it. have the Tim Duncan arms and look. <laughs> yeah, oh, my like, God, what? I never what? noticed Not this. me. And then it's like, <laughs> come on, we know you fouled. The way he doesn't do it. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I think that referees are just, you know, keeping a, a watchful eye on him. 
Yeah. So I do think that he brings them himself. With that being said, that that was not a flagrant too. I agree, flat out. And like I'm not one to get on a show and like start annihilating officiating. Like this was wasn't a flagrant too. Yeah. Like flat out, that just wasn't. And that that's what drove me crazy. But even then, 26 minutes for Nicola. He was only four of 10 from the field, which is bad for him. But 13.7 rebounds, five assists, a steal, only one turnover. And he leaves the game after getting ejected, of course. And immediately, like without even a hesitation, Jamal Murray comes out and hits two jumps. Just boom, right in your face, 4-0 run just from with Jamal Murray. Like, that is the kind of Jamal Murray you want to see. He understands he's not the focal point when he's playing with Nikola Jokic. Oh, Nikola's out? It's time for me to get into this. And I loved seeing that from him tonight. This is one of Jamal Murray's best games, you know, yeah. just because he was he was aggressive from start to finish. He knew that Ricky Rubio could not guard him whatsoever, and he attacked him every single play. What you happened know, to Ricky Rubio? I have no idea. <laughs> like, he even defense. started out this year doing pretty well, and then just out of nowhere, it just died down. And the Jazz don't have backup point guards. No, they've done you know, it. Mitchell Exum is having a hard time. They don't really have backup point guards, yeah. you know? So, what? who is it? Nato or something yeah, like Raul that? Yeah, Raul Neto. They played Epke Udo tonight. Alec Burks had the ball in Yeah, his they don't have bit. many backups. So, Murray getting off like that was like something that we need to see. Mm-hmm. every game from him because there is like a lot of players that can't get him and the thing that is so well about Murray right now is he's so confident in his jump shot that you can't stop him in any other way because he could do it in so many different ways right hand left hand finishes at the rim floaters um stop doesn't and pops, matter dude that's three today back. in transition he stopped on a transition and pulled a three and he knew it was going in he walked off before it even went in it was nuts so this is the type of Jamal Murray that we need to see every game and and we haven't even talked about if Jamal Murray is even progressing as a defender. That's how good he's been on offense as yeah. of late. That we yeah. haven't talked about. No one's talking because about because he was bad at one point exactly. defensively. Like we were all talking about it. And no one's talked about if he even looks bad as a point guard right now, as far as defending other point guards, because he's been so good on offense and holding his own that we need to see these type of things all the time. I think he started the game out three for three. From yeah, the three, three point of three, no, he was five of five to start the field, three of three from the three point line. Exactly. He was thirteen this, points. That is the, the Jamal Murray that we need to see all the time. Yeah, flat out. Like that is exactly what you're looking to see. Like you want to see him just go out there and get his. Like flat out. And I think what is really allowed and like everyone's talked about how Nikola Jokic getting hurt and him becoming the focal point is what allowed him to blow up and finally finally become that kind of player we all thought he could be. I disagree. I think it did play in. I think the fact that Gary Harris has grown so much as a playmaker that he has allowed Jamal Murray to play off the ball a lot of times. Like, Gary Harris taking this ball, slicing to the rim, putting pocket passes down low off the bounce. He's hitting like shooters in the corner. And I think that playmaking has allowed Jamal Murray just to do his own thing. It almost reminds me of Kentucky in his rookie, or his uh, second year before he left, or sorry, rookie year before he left in his freshman year when the start of the year, he was a point guard, and they weren't playing well. Tyler Eulis comes in, mm-hmm. starts playing point guard, and boom, Jamal blows up. Like That's what I feel like with Gary Harris has happened, is that Gary Harris has taken in that playmaking role, and suddenly Jamal Murray is allowed to just shoot and play off ball when he wants to. And that's what he does well. He's, yeah. he's a great off-ball player. And you talk about Gary Harris's playmaking. Malone has also been really high on his playmaking. Said he, think that it's, he thinks that it's one of the most, um, the things that he's improved, in, uh, yeah. improved on most. Um Will Barton is a playmaker. Jamal Murray is a playmaker. Nikola Jokic is a playmaker. And that's what Denver Nuggets have been this year. Yeah. Everyone can bring the ball up. Everyone can be a playmaker. We've seen play- Mason Plumley bring the ball up sometimes. Oh, yeah. These are the, just the type of teams that you have. 
that can play make from different areas, and you can start your offense uh, from different spots yeah. on the court when you have those type of you know players. Because a lot of teams don't have that type of player. The Jazz don't have those type oh, of players close. every time. So it, it does become a, a new dynamic when you take a look at that in the way that they are, you know, getting their baskets. Absolutely. I mean, you look on the roster. Nikola Jokic, obviously, he's going to get his assists. He had five tonight. Mason Plumlee in only 20 minutes at three assists. Jamal Murray had two, but he had a couple guys miss shots on good passes. Gary Harris with another five assists. Will Bart with another five assists. Torrey Craig had two assists in 21 minutes tonight. Like, everybody on this roster has some semblance of the ability to make plays for others. Mason Plumlee, Nikola Jokic, Wilson Chandler, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Trey Lyles, Moutier even, Torrey Craig, Will Bart, even Malik Beasley has shown up uh, an ability to do that. Everybody on this team knows how to make the correct play. That's why I think you draw so many parallels with the Warriors is that it's a group of guys that was want to get the best looking shot flat out. And that's what we've been seeing from them. I have absolutely adored watching this team recently. And another big reason of that has been Wilson Chandler. Like Wilson Chandler had 15 points tonight on 11 shots. He had seven rebounds and was a second on the team as a plus 16 tonight. He was everywhere. Clutch shot after clutch shot. I was so impressed with him again. And his defense again was fantastic. I mean, you look at, I mean, Joe, Joe Ingles is going to get his, but he ended up with only eight points tonight. Only one assist. That's huge to only hold him to one assist. Jarebko, four of 10 from the field. Couldn't do anything. Joe Johnson, one of six from the field, a notorious Nuggets killer. Could not get it going in his 24 minutes tonight. Rodney Hood was four of 17 tonight. Four of 17. He led the whole game in shots. That's nuts. I didn't even realize that. He did lead the game. No one on the Nuggets took over 15 shots tonight. It was Jamal Murray who was 9 of 15 from the field. Who had a good game. Yeah. And Rodney Hood is 4 of 17. But yeah, you bring up a great point. Wilson Chandler, and it's not just today. Wilson Chandler has been great as of late. Yeah, absolutely. And think about it. It's their last three-game winning streak. They're on the three-game winning streak right now. Against Portland, he has 21 and 11 rebounds. Against Golden State, he has 15 points and 9 rebounds. And you're going against Kevin Durant. Yeah. And then tonight, you go 15 points, 7 rebounds. And you're not getting exposed on defense. You're you're showing up on offense, and he's getting his points late. You know he's starting out. You know he, he misses a few shots, but he's still playing hard. Hard, hard nose defense. He's still getting uh, guys open. He he's setting screens. He's doing everything that you need him to do. But he's been scoring as of late, and that's what the Nuggets need from him. You know because there's not many backup small forwards with you know with the the, the ability to do things that Wilson Chandler does. So that has been something that you have to talk about as of late. Absolutely. And here's a shameless self plug. I wrote a a whole article today about a thousand words on Wilson Chandler and what he has brought to the table on both ends of the ball recently. Malone had some incredible quotes about it in shoot around today. So check that out on the Mile High Sports page as well as my post game. We will have a good, bad and ugly up for Dev as well soon. But man, we haven't talked nearly enough about that, that about that three in transition that Murray hits. I have no idea how someone can go full speed to a dead stop and transfer your energy up to your hands in a balanced even motion and just rain hell down like mortar fire tonight and to know that it's going in yeah that was the part just he to just walk knew. it off man it was just very confidence he knew it was going in and after the game adam mares of denver stiffs asked him he's like you know kevin durant talks about how that's one of the most difficult shots in basketball Jamal Murray said maybe that's one of his most difficult <laughs> shots in basketball. That. Oh, that's hot heat. That's fantastic, <laughs> he man. He didn't say oh. anything like, oh, yeah, that is one of the most difficult shots. He said, well, that's probably one of his most difficult shots. Like, if you I'm ask, good. He said if you ask Steph Curry, it's probably not one of his most difficult shots. That's valid. It's not one of my most difficult shots. That's his most difficult shot. And I was like, you know what? That, that makes a good point because that is the type of player that Jamal Murray has you know, grown to be. He has been that confident in his, in his shot as of late. 
He wouldn't have said that two weeks ago. Oh, but no, as of not. right now, that's how confident he is in his shot. And that is something that we actually have to see. He has been fantastic for a long chunk of games now. I mean, you just look at what he's been able to do so far just in December. He has been absolutely fantastic. Like, I am just blown away. You look at his numbers. He's averaging 18 points a game on 47.3% from the field, 52.2% from three on 5.3 or three-point attempts a game. That is ridiculous. He's getting to the free throw line 3.2 times a night, shooting 92.7% from the from the, from the free throw line you throw in 2.8 assists 3.8 rebounds that's something that's crazy his rebounding has been fantastic i think and his turnovers are down as well like he has been lights out shooting and it has opened up this offense to something that i have not seen before because they're not they're, they're playing kind of clunky offensively but everything's wide open the ball is still moving they have looked great they've have 23 assists again tonight like this team man like this team can be so so good yeah so good and you know we've been so so high on the Nuggets. It's hard not to be. You know, we have to find some type of, you know, negatives. All right, just we do have to it. Find I know where you're going. Type of just do it, Dev. I'll just say it. One of the things that has been getting under my skin, one thing that I just really cannot understand is the play, not really the playoff, but the scoring of Will Barton. The lack where of has scoring. That, where has that gone lately? Because this is a player that was, you know, going to be one of the six man of the year candidates. He's scoring, he's playmaking, he's doing all of these things, and he was hot. You know, he's he's averaging 14 points a game on the season, but as of late... Like you know, he was at 17 like two weeks in ago. In the last five games, he has six points, six points, 12 points, nine points, five points. Wow, and he has one double-digit scoring game in his exa- last six? And he's been taking a lot of shots every game. Yeah. And, and that's just something that I just do not... I don't understand where it's coming from. So I will say this. Uh, will Barton has rolled his ankle twice in games and stayed in. He had that lower back contusion that he refused to let him sit out that has been bothering him. If you want to look at exactly why his shot isn't falling, when you have back and ankle injuries, it's going to be very difficult to keep your shot in perfect mechanic, perfect balance, and perfect form. So I can see why. And I'm not taking that away because he has not been good scoring. Like I'm not going to hide from that. But dude, six rebounds, five assists. He had only one turnover. It was a plus seven team tonight and played great defense yeah he's been he's been doing all the playmaking um you know things that you have to do and he's been getting it done in so many different ways and that's why he's only taking one game off and he's playing 31 minutes a game yeah that is something that you have to take a look at when you are having injuries I think it just confuses me how you know he's a player that scores so well yeah he plays 36 minutes he only gets five points Emmanuel Moutier gets in the game for, <laughs> I knew you were gonna go for back to that. one minute, 40 seconds, and he outscores Barton. <laughs> well, let's be real here. Moutier got a junk three-pointer from 30 feet to go in, and he got fouled. And, and then he hit another junk three-pointer. <laughs> he like, was seven points today <laughs> in a minute, 30 seconds. Like, think about that. What was that? What is that over, over 48 minutes? Like, 132 <laughs> points? Like, that's obscene. If he played the full game, maybe that's <laughs> something that we need to think about with, with, with Coach We Malone. started with this about, like, oh, the Nuggets are better because Moutier is not playing, and here we are talking about him taking junk threes the whole the <laughs> whole game if he had a whole 36 minutes how much would Moutier has scored tonight that I don't is, know that, that is the question of the day I mean he had two minutes so that means 18 times seven I'm gonna do this math live on this podcast sorry guys 126 points he was on pace for in 36 Will minutes has nothing on Moutier. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Wilt has nothing on Moutier. Yeah, you had your 100-point game. Moutier's over here about averaging 126 per 36 minutes over a minute and 37-second sample size. But regardless, I mean, is Moutier done in this rotation flat out? 
Like, is he, is he just done right now? As of right now, I think so. It's eerily similar to last year when he had his back injury and Jameer Nelson took his spot in the rotation. Remember that last year? Yeah. Like, the second he like. got hurt, it was over. And they were just waiting for a reason to kind of pull him. And that's that speculatory. Like, I, Malone did not tell me that they're waiting for him to get hurt so they can pull him from the rotation. But at the same time, like, that's exactly what happened last year. And Will Barton has been great as a de facto point guard. Five assists, one turnover. Again, I believe he's leading the Nuggets in assist to turnover ratio. Like, he's been fantastic with the ball in his hands, making very good decisions. And his scoring ability and slashing ability needs to be thought of by your opponent so you can't just go under every screen like you do with Moutier. You are forcing guys to go over screens. You're forcing help to come because they're worried about him slashing if you go over the screen. It just completely manipulates these defenses in a different way and when you sprinkle in Trey Lyles' scoring and his three-point shooting, his ability to stretch the floor, that immediately makes this bench unit so much more potent and I think that's why you see them. Plus 15, plus 11, plus 17 for their bench unit. Yeah. This is a team that we have to be on high on right now. Yeah. Right after a win like that, on a three-game winning streak, you get to show what you have against Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a team that you have to be a high on. If they go out there, they don't even have to win tomorrow. They just have to go out there and play a, a full game the same way that they've been playing with effort. And this is a, this is a team that could end the season or, you know, this year on a high note. Absolutely. I mean, you look at what they've done the past three games. It has been absolutely incredible. I mean, tonight you end up holding the Jazz to just, what was it, 83 points. You hold the Warriors to 81 points. You end up holding the the Portland Trailblazers to, I believe it was 86 or 87 points. Like, they are just beating the life out of teams on defense. It is suffocating. Like, teams can't breathe, and they're forcing turnovers. Like, you look at the box score tonight. It, it says that they only had seven turnovers tonight in terms of Utah. There were three that weren't labeled as turnovers in the very beginning of the game that were absolutely for, like, un, like forced turnovers that the Nuggets were able to get after. Like, they are just playing with pure emotion right now. They're playing with pure passion and pure tenacity, and it's made this team just so incredible. You got anything else? I think that's it, man. It's late. We're going to go get right and expect a Trey Lyles piece from me in the morning. Good, bad, and ugly from Dev in the morning. And we got another game to talk about tomorrow, Minnesota. So on behalf of me, I am at TJ McBride NBA. I am TJ McBride to my right. I am Superstar Dev. Superstar Dev. Duvalier Johnson. That's it. That's all for us tonight. We will talk to you guys soon.
And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance.